Hello friends and welcome to Mendu Disney, episode number 10, The Disney Difference. My name is Pete and joining me tonight are Matt. Hey, what's up everybody? And Tom. How's everybody doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. Guys, how are we doing on this dark and stormy evening? I was about to ask you guys if it was storming where you were in the state, because it is nasty right here. It's pretty nuts right now. Yeah, I got some, uh, got some rain earlier, but nothing like you guys are dealing with. I have two Great Danes that are like connected to my body right now. They're going anywhere I go. Cowering in the corner. They're big, scaredy cats. <laughs> well, we're going to go in a little bit of a different direction tonight with tonight's episode. We're going to talk about the things that Disney does to set them apart as the vacation destination that we've all come to love. Before we get into that, let's go over to Tom with the news. I, I know that we covered a lot of news last week, but what new news do we have for the week? Yeah, I got a, got a couple items. Obviously, our whole episode last week was uh, regarding D23 and the news that came out there. But uh, I'm going to start with um, a little update on the minivan that we discussed in our last episode. Minivan will be testing to begin for guests. Uh, at select resorts, boardwalk, and yacht and beach club uh, later this month. It'll be done through your phone. Not super clear on on how it could be built into My Disney Experience. Uh, maybe it will be a separate app. Uh, again, the cost is going to be $20 per ride for up to six guests, no matter where on Disney property you go. Uh, it'll drop off and pick up at different locations, uh, then taxis and Ubers, and it gets you a lot closer to the park. Uh, next one, going to keep harping on mobile ordering. It looks like it's going to be beginning this week at Cosmic Rays, Tomorrowland Terrace, uh, Pinocchio's Village, and Pecos Bill. Still having to pay with a credit card or cash at this time, but I uh, I do believe they are working towards getting the Disney dining plans uh, up and running with that. Uh, moving on to some ride closures uh, and the official dates. Uh, like we hit on last time, the Great Movie Ride will be unfortunately closing August 13th. I know Pete is... Still upset about that. Uh, and Ellen's uh, Universe of Energy will also close on August 13th. Ellen's, Ellen's Energy Adventure. Oh, right I now. said Universe of Energy, didn't I? <laughs> you did, but whatever. Uh, moving on to a little bit of resort news. Uh, new, a new pool bar and lounge uh, at All-Star Music has been open, and it's open from 530 to 1. Uh, it's called the Singing Spirits Lounge. Uh, currently just doing drinks, but we'll eventually have some food options there as well. Uh, and then moving over to um, to Disney Springs. Permits have been filed for demolition of the old Disney Quest location. Uh, and NBA, NBA experience is still on the table, uh, but we'll be using a completely new building. So that's it for the news, guys. Any comments on any of those items? I'm excited to see a lounge come to the All-Star Resorts. I think that's necessary. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not all family staying there. And, I mean, like we said before, sometimes we end up staying there. So that would be a cool place for us to hang out, you know, in the, in the waning hours of the morning. All right, so let's go into our main topic for the night. And we're going to talk about the things that Disney does to make us keep coming back, to turn this into a real destination vacation that people can come back to over and over again. I'm really excited to talk about this. I actually wrote a paper on this 
So I've got a lot of stuff to say about this. And I'm the I'm the resident Disney fanboy. Clearly. So your stuff is going to be all positive. But before we get into it, I just I want to break down the difference between an amusement park and a theme park. I think it's pretty clear. You know, your amusement parks are Six Flags, Carowinds, for those of you that are familiar with that. These are amusement parks. They're collections of rides. They have food. They have, you know, some games, that kind of th- that kind of thing. For the most part, they're going to be single day destinations. You're not going to you're not going to go and spend multiple days at some place like this. And we kind of touched on this last episode, but these are the places that ride A plus ride B plus ride C equals your your time at the park. There's not much in between. You're just trying to hit every ride you can, do them, maybe a couple of them twice, but that's what you're that's the that's the only reason you're going. Yep. And so then you've of course gotten a theme park. You know, a theme park is going to be the, the two most pertinent examples I think of are going to be Disney World and Universal Studios. A couple things that make them a theme park is well, theming. I think that's a pretty obvious one. But, uh, and we'll get into this a little bit, the layouts of the different lands, the rides that are there, the the way everything kind of ties together. So how does Disney do this? In my opinion, the the biggest thing that Disney does to set itself apart, even from Universal or any of the other Orlando theme parks, is the cast members that it employs. There, There really are some of the best employees in the world that work at the Disney World Resort. Anybody from ride attendants to food and beverage attendants to, you know, even down to the maintenance staff and the janitors, they all do an incredible job. I can tell you of five times that I've walked into a restaurant and experienced an argument going on in the back room or, you know, that the customers were all aware of. I've never seen anything like that at Disney World before. Pretty much everybody I've ever seen there working is professional all the time. Yeah, I'd 100% agree with that. Um, and when you talk about that, but it's also the, the cast members are not just polite, but they're super friendly and they're aware of the story they're supposed to be telling in relation to the part of Disney World you are in. They, they are. And that's important, especially as we get more into these immersive lands. You know, it's going to be really important for the cast members to stay in character at all time. You know, you see this at Harry Potter World at Universal. The, the cast members that work there are in character all the time. So I'm anxious to see how Disney does this and, as these immersive lands come out. Well, you know, that's, uh, it, it speaks a lot, of, a lot to Disney, uh, what they're able to do uh, from a, a cast member training standpoint. When you have other companies that try and source Disney's leadership group to come in and teach them how do you hire, how do you train, uh, Disney obviously has figured it out with their summer inter- and college internship programs that they do. Um, I'm right there with you guys. I, I think this is one area that by far exceeds every all their competition. And, it, and sometimes I feel like when I'm interacting with cast members, working at Disney is something they truly embrace. It's something that, you know, my mom always jokes around when, when it's time for her to retire, she wants to go back to Disney and be the fairy godmother. My mom loves Disney World, but I think there are some cast members that do that. They go to Disney because of their, they go to work at Disney because of their love for Disney. And the, and the pay is not great. I've never worked there before, but I've heard that the pay is not that great. So it does take a very special type of person to work down there. And touching on like the pay, the pay scale, um, I don't know 
how high or low it goes, but I do know that there are some benefits that a lot of people will work at Disney, even part-time, just to get those benefits to be able to go to the park. And, you know, it's less expensive than if you were no, not working at Disney. We used to have a Disney store in the town I'm from, and there was a lawyer in town that when his law office closed at 4 or 5 each day, he'd go work in the Disney store at the mall just so he could go get... He could go go to Disney for a discounted rate, but he was still a cast member, and he still brought the Disney magic to you know everyone that came to that shop. And this is one of the coolest things about the cast members at Disney is that any employee has it in their power to do anything that they need to to make a guest day. And I'll just give a little example. My wife and I on our last trip ate at Tony's Town Square right before the Main Street Electric Light Parade. And we ate out on the porch, so we had a great view of the parade as it came by. Well, there was a family of, of four sitting behind us. Mom, dad, two small children. There was a cast member that was blocking people from coming out onto the porch. It's a prime viewing location, but they don't want to disturb the people that are eating there. So this cast member had obviously been around for a long time, had seen the Main Street Electric Light Parade a lot, knew exactly when everything was going to happen. So he told the, one of the children sitting at the table, okay, you want to make some magic. Raise your hand up in the air. So the little kid raised his hand up in the air, and the cast member says, when I say, lower your hand. So, of course, he had this memorized, told the kid to lower his hands, all the lights in the Magic Kingdom went out. That's so kid cool. Thought he was, kid thought he was the coolest person in the world because he made the lights at Magic Kingdom go out. It's little touches like that that, that really set Disney apart. You don't see that anywhere else. And I think everyone that goes to Disney World comes back with a story just like that, which is what makes going to Disney World so much so much more special than maybe going to an amusement park. I mean, amusement park sometimes to me, I mean, my wife's a high school teacher. We, we chaperoned a senior trip to an amusement park that was local, and it felt like a chore to get from ride A to ride B to ride C. You didn't want to miss anything. But at the same time, like you weren't taking it all in the same way I take in a Disney trip, or you know, that's what I that's all always sticks out to me. It's just the cast members, but there's so much more than just the cast members. There absolutely are. So, the next thing I think that really sets Disney apart is the resorts. When we kind of get to the end of this podcast, I'm going to kind of sum everything up. I'll explore how this kind of fits into the bigger picture here. But you know, the resorts at Disney. Look, there's all kinds of resorts. You can pick whatever resort you want to stay at, whatever kind of lifestyle you have, whatever your budget allows. You can find a resort that fits that. You know, you can stay in a $1,000 a night suite at the Grand Floridian, or you can camp for $40 a night at, at the campgrounds and everything in between. I think this is really cool. You don't see this everywhere. You know, Universal's got some resorts. I've never stayed there, but it's not really clear to me what exactly they're trying to do. With Disney, I feel like it is. Well, and, and you hit it on the head. That Disney's smart. They're going to cater to every range uh, of what a person may look for in a quote-unquote vacation. And by offering their park transportation, uh, the Disney bubble we often hit on, it leverages people to say, hey, why don't we just stay on property, just throw all our worries away? You know, Disney will take care of the rest. Uh, so, yeah, I what they've done with their theme at resorts and what they've done with the price points uh, at different levels of resorts and then the unique experiences you can get at each resort has definitely uh, played a huge role in their dominance in the market. And theming plays a huge role here too. 
you know, you go to the Polynesian Resort, you know exactly what to expect and what you're going to get. Same as if you go to Fort Wilderness or the Animal Kingdom Lodge. You know exactly what you're going to be getting from these resorts. At the end of the day, look, this is just a hotel room. So it's it's those touches that allow Disney to go from charging 100 bucks a night to charging 600 bucks a night. And that's why even like going to, when we talk about staying on or off property, we even talk about the value resorts. Like we already talked about All-Star Sports. So I'll get back to that. You know, I know when I go to All-Star Sports, I know it's going to be a, a room that opens to the outdoors. It's not going to be a deluxe, you know, place that, but I was going to say something along the lines of like, it's the Disney cast members that make that more than a hundred dollar a night hotel. Correct. Yeah. It's the cast members and just the theming at the resorts. <clears throat> Again, you know what you're going to get when you stay there. Another thing that Disney has that is huge is characters. Who didn't grow up with Disney characters? I mean, this is one of the biggest things. This is the biggest nugget, in my opinion, they have. They exploit their movies and bring them to real life so well. Everyone's very first memory of Disney is seeing Mickey and Goofy and seeing the characters. And that's what they take away from. It's like, that was different, especially when you're a child. You might go on a ton of rides, you saw the fireworks, but what you really remember is the first time that Pooh tapped you on the shoulder and then you look back and it's Pooh Bear. I mean, that's the kind of thing that's just really cool to me. Yep, absolutely. Everybody everybody remembers seeing the characters and it creates a huge sense of nostalgia. Disney, Disney loves this. This also feeds directly into the next thing that I want to hit on and that's the rides themselves. Okay, let's take Peter Pan prime example of what I'm what I'm trying to get to here. Peter Pan is a very simple dark ride. Yeah, you're flying in a, in a ship, but you put that ride at any other amusement park, nobody's waiting 90 minutes in line for that ride. But because it's Peter Pan, because it's at Disney World, a 90-minute wait is the norm. That's crazy. Well, take it a step further. Think about a 90-minute wait. You could actually watch Peter Pan in the time it takes you to get on Peter Pan <laughs> at Disney. Not a, You're 100% Not a bad right. idea. That, that's a, a good cue, but maybe slap the movie yeah. in there, too. That's the way you pregame a rod. But but that's that's the thing. is They have these cues that are themed, so you don't have to do that. With the exception of a few rides, the cues at Disney World are amazingly themed. Look at Expedition Everest. Uh, that's probably by far the. Yeah, I've talked about this in depth. It's it's an amazing cue. It makes you feel like you're you've been transported. But but that's the same with the haunted mansion. Haunted Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep. The the cues are you know they 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 prepare you for the ride. It's it sets the stage for the ride, and that's a big part of the ride storytelling. Again, you look at the difference between an amusement park and a theme park. The rides here are going to tell a story. And, I, and, and to me, I think a lot of the rides play off of the, the Disney classic movies. Uh, to your point with Peter Pan, the theming's incredible. You, you're in Disney World. Why not do Peter Pan? But kids relate to that because, hey, I've seen that movie. Dumbo, same thing. I mean, even you can't get the movie's not in existence anymore, but Splash Mountain was themed off of. Song of the South, yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably not PC, uh, PC now, but. With the nostalgia that you have for these characters Disney exploits this and that's what makes people want to keep coming back is to ride Peter Pan every time my mom huge Winnie the Pooh fan always wants to ride the Winnie the Pooh ride she knows what it is she's been on it before but 
you know, it's her love for those characters that ties in with, with the rides. These are not complicated rides for the most part, with the exception of some of the bigger thrill rides. These are not complicated rides. These are very simple, dark rides. You know, you could find these, the haunted house at the carnival or the fun house or, you know, whatever you would call it. But because of the way it's set up, because of the immersiveness, because it's so hyped up, people keep coming back and back and back for more. And Winnie the Pooh didn't even have to change the track. Like, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> they just changed the theming and kept the same track. So, but the other thing I want to mention with the rides is, is with the thrill rides at Disney World. What you would think of as a thrill ride at Disney World, look, you take that to another park. You put that at a Carowinds. Let's take Space Mountain and let's put it at Carowinds. It doesn't hold a candle to the roller coasters that are there. Except for the greatest ride ever. No, I, I, I understand that. But you take it, you take Space Mountain outside, you put you drop it in the middle of Carowinds. Nobody rides it. Oh, if it's but not be, a dark ride, it changes the game. Absolutely does. But because of where it is, because it's so hyped up, everybody says, well, you got to ride Space Mountain. You got to ride Space Mountain. It's not that thrilling of a thrill ride. But you go back to the Disney magic and for years and years and years and years, that has been a top destination that's never going to go away. If you had a ride like that, how many rides can you think of to other amusement parks that have been around for 25, 30 years that still hold the hype of Space Mountain? Absolutely. And we rode it seven times last time we were there, right? And, and I would have ridden it more if possible. <laughs> Probably would have been possible. We were we, we got worn out. We did get worn out, but... But that's the thing. It's the theming of these rides and how they fit in, how Disney exploits their characters to, to make you want to ride these, these rides. And it's also like the, well, it's also the enclosure that Space Mountain is in. You're walking around and you can see that from a very long way away. So you want to get in there. You want to see what that's about. You want to go be a part of that ride. So that leads into what I want to talk about next, which is the parks and the, and the Disney bubble, how the parks are set up. And how they really contribute to you being in the Disney bubble. So to talk about the parks first, I think the big thing here is you don't ever see anything that Disney does not want you to see. You don't see cast members arriving for their shift. You don't see where the trash goes. You know, you don't see the restaurants. You don't see the backstage areas of the rides. It's just not something you see. Even when they're building new parks, when they're constructing things, they block that off so you can't see it too. One of my favorite examples of that, Pete, is that we know that Main Street USA gets repainted quite frequently. And you know, you would never know it because you don't see people out there repainting it, but you know it's never, it's never looking chippy. Uh, it, another thing uh, with the trash, uh, Walt's idea is to always have a, and this is just the detail, to always have a trash can within 30 feet, no matter where you're standing in the park. Because the average person will only hold on to trash for 30 feet before they drop it in litter. And one of the things that I associate with amusement parks is that rotten trash smell. Yeah. I've never smelled that at Disney World before. Oh, they pump in. They obviously pump in the scents they want you to smell too. But one of the cool things there is you can talk about like the restaurants. When I think of an amusement park, I think of like the hot dog stand that has like a little vendor there. But at Disney, you have Pecos Bill, where you might be able to get a hot dog, or you might be able to get nachos or a burger, but it's not just a nacho stand where you're walking by, people are waiting in lines, they're congesting the area. It's You're going into a restaurant, you're going to eat, and it fits in, in the place it is. And the food's a part of this too. Look, I, 
you go to you talk about Pecos Bill in Frontierland. The restaurant fits the location. You look at Cosmic Rays in Tomorrowland. The restaurant fits the location. You look at the food in Epcot. It's themed to each individual country. Eat, I'm going to take it a step further. Columbia Harbor House, half of the restaurant is in Liberty Square, and half of it backs up into Fantasyland. The detail in the restaurant, you won't see any bathrooms on the side that's Liberty Square because bathrooms there, there's no bathrooms in Liberty Square because they weren't invented. <laughs> and so on half the restaurant, you have a bathroom towards Fantasyland. Half the restaurant, you don't. Just, I mean, just another example of Disney being great. It's the small things. It's the small things that you don't notice until you think back on. You're like, wow, that was a nice touch. Yeah, it's it's definitely the attention to detail, you know, and it, and that puts that contributes to keeping you in the Disney bubble. I've never felt so free as I do when I'm at Disney World. You know, it gives you the opportunity to go wear stupid shirts and act like idiots and feel okay about it. Well, it's not the real world. They do such a great job of just blocking you away from the real world. You are in, you know, this is a land where Mickey and Goofy are real. And this is the Disney bubble. You really do think, go ahead, Pete. Well, I was going to say that you, you hear people all the time talk about how they, how free they feel at Disney World or how, you know, you walk down Main Street and all your cares just kind of melt away. They're gone. You don't have to worry about oh, did I pay this bill or, oh, how much gas do I have in my car? You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because it's not, it's not there anymore. A funny story was I was actually at Disney World and I always pay my credit card bill on this date. And I usually pay it like two days early. But it got to the second day and I was like, I hadn't paid my credit card bill and I had to look down at my watch because I forgot what day it was. I forgot what day of the month it was. <laughs> and I went and quickly just on my phone, paid it, and then went on my way. But that's what Disney does. But the magic bands contribute to that too. That's that's a huge thing because I forget that I I forget that money exists while I'm there. I just think I have this magic band that pays for everything, <laughs> and it's gotten me into trouble. But uh. it's also a lot easier. You don't have to worry about you know you go to New York City and you worry about a pickpocket. You have a Disney bank. You're not worried about anything like that. You're just there to enjoy yourself, have fun. Yeah, the the real world really does just melt away. And look, when you go to Disney World, you're surrounded by people who are kind of just like you. You know, they're obviously big enough Disney fans to have made the the journey down to Orlando. For me, it melts away right when I go through the gates and a little bit through the gates of just the the entire Disney world. Um, There's a monorail going around. (laughs) Uh, I I mean, I'll say, uh, thinking of some things where I, I get in the Disney bubble, I'm notorious. I love music, and I love Disney music. And I hate to admit that even when I'm driving... Uh, around, I will play Magic Kingdom Park music uh, because right when you walk in, you hear it, man. You just know you're you're home, you're back. You know where you are. You know uh, where you one are. of my it's, favorites is it's... Epcot. The, walking into Epcot with, with the music they play there, I can listen to that on repeat. Epcot entrance entrance music is really good, and this all plays into you know a strong sense of nostalgia, both for your childhood and for your previous trips to Disney World. This is why we do this podcast. I mean. You know, thinking about your past experiences at Disney World, it makes you feel good. No, you're right. You know, who goes to Disney World and doesn't, when you're walking down Main Street, doesn't regress to some extent back to their childhood and remember the first time that they did it? 
I wish you could see all of us right now. We have smiles on our faces. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 like when Pete was telling the story earlier. Disney just makes people happy. And Dis- and Pete telling the story about the kid in uh, Tony's Town Square, we all were grinning from ear to ear, and we've heard the story countless times. Oh, and nodding yeah. our heads because, like, nah, that would happen there. Yep. Yeah. I'm jealous. And Dis- Disney doesn't make any apologies for this. Disney is upfront in, hey, this is what we are. This is a very family and kid-oriented place. But the reason behind that and, and their sole goal in this is, I think, to make every visitor experience kind of that wide-eyed wonderment that you see on a little kid's face at the end of Main Street when they're looking at Cinderella Castle for the first time, when they meet Mickey for the first time. 100% agree with you. And you can have like the the grumpiest old grandpa that goes to Disney World and the cranky three-year-old that goes to Disney World and the entire family, but everyone's going to have a blast there in some way, and that's where Disney connects with everyone. That That's the thing, because Disney allows you to have your own unique experience, and we're going to hit on it later, but, I mean, all the offerings they have for a vacation is unlike their competition in this, you know, if you were to put them in the, against other theme parks in the country. And look, I, I don't spend a lot of time at Universal, obviously. None of us do. So I don't, I don't know that Universal has this same feeling, though. Talking about Universal, and this is not poo-poo in Universal, because I had a lot of fun when I was there. But the first time I went to Universal, I was 17 years old, 16 years old. And I had been immersed in Disney from a young age. And I went there, and I said, okay, that's cool, but let's get back to Disney World, because it was in the middle of our trip. You know, I was like, let's do thrill rides. And I always say it, ride A, B, and C equals the, your enjoyment in a park, like Universal or Carowinds or Six Flags. And it was so different. I was ready to get back to the Disney bubble. Yeah, it just, it doesn't seem like I would be okay going down to Orlando, staying off-site, going to Universal for a day or two, and then calling that a trip. I wouldn't be okay going down to Orlando, staying off-site, and going to one Disney park. You know, mm-hmm. if, if I'm going to do Disney, I want to do Disney. And if I'm going to Orlando... It's not going to be just to go Universal. I'm going to pop into Disney World as well for at least three, four days. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. It's it's definitely got a hold on you. It definitely does. So to kind of sum up everything we've talked about and to kind of get into what I wrote this project on, Disney kind of provides the framework for everybody that goes there to determine what their experience is going to be. You've got completely free reign to pick whatever you want to do. You've got hotel choices. You've got food choices. You've got drink choices. You've got attraction choices. You can play golf. You can go to a spa. Whatever you want to do is there. There's nothing saying, okay, well, if you stay at this hotel, you have to do these things. Or, you know, you can get into this park. None of that's there. The framework is there for you to kind of determine what you want to do. Because everybody has a different idea of what their ideal vacation is. And with that different idea comes what hotel you want to stay at, like we talked about earlier. Do you want to stay at the Creme de la Creme? Do you want to stay at a value? You can do that. What kind of food? You have, you have food from anywhere in the world almost that you could go indulge in. Talk about drinks, nightlife, all that kind of thing can be there as well. I mean, I always laugh because, Pete, I figure when your dad goes to Disney, 
he might do two good days with the family, and then he's hitting the Disney golf courses, and that he's still having a blast. So yeah, everybody does have their different idea of what their ideal vacation is. You're absolutely right. My dad would go to the parks for two days and play golf if he could. Unfortunately, he had three kids that didn't quite want that. They had kind of a different uh, idea of what their ideal Disney vacation was. But the funny thing about that is now that the middle son in your family would probably love that. <laughs> Let's go to Disney. Well, he has he has a five-year-old, so I don't think he'd really want to be doing the golf course. He has a, he has a three-year-old, which, look, I'm, I'm all about bringing my daughter to Disney World, but it's not going to be until she's five or six years old and she can really appreciate it. I think she's six months old now, five months old now. I think that's too young. I think three is too young. Really, how old were you when you first went? I was five. I was five as well. Pete, going on, uh, going back to a couple of things. One, your daughter can go for free, I think, until she's two years old, so you might as well take advantage of that. Really? And number two, um, um, also you might as well go ahead and start booking that trip because the Millennium Falcon, oh, actually, well, the Star Wars Galaxy Edge Resort will be booked for the next five to six years once it is a hard Yeah, but you know what I thought, I thought about this. So I would much rather go and stay at Grand Floridian or the Contemporary it's a cool concept, don't get me wrong, but that's what this is going to be like. I think it, this is going to be for very, very hardcore fans that enjoy... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but it's just not my cup of tea. Oh, it's my cup of tea. <laughs> that would so, be awesome. Are you, you're going to go have lightsaber duels and make the lightsaber sounds? So here's my thing. I'm, I'm one of those people that constantly has to be entertained. So if I can have a fully immersive resort and my wife is sick of you know me bothering her for... I'll just go hang out somewhere else and do. Yeah, but if your wife's staying there, she's gonna have to be fully immersed too. I don't. I don't. She doesn't strike me as the type that's gonna enjoy that experience quite as much as you will. Well, I mean, what, a couple of things we've hit on. Uh, obviously, y'all ran on the Star Wars Resort just now, uh, and then taking kids. But that's what makes Disney what it is. You could go as young adults, and there's things for you to do. You could go with a family, and there's things for you to do. You could go on a Mendu Disney trip. Still things for you to do. Uh, it just it covers all bases. Well, I was going to say that, you know, it's cool that as you do a men, men do anything trip, y'all pick Disney. So, look, this is, this is ultimately why people derive so much satisfaction from a Disney vacation. You can go, these people, and, and I use these people, of course, as myself being included, but could go anywhere else in the world. But choose to go to Disney because they can make that Disney vacation whatever they want it to be. Did Pete just say he's a big baller because he can go anywhere else in the world? <laughs> Let's be honest. How much does a Disney World trip cost? Family of four, Disney World trip. You're dropping, I'm not going to belittle the cost because the cost I mean, can be... You're dropping five grand. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Not necessarily. Tell me how you're not. Four people... A week-long trip, even staying at All-Star, the park tickets alone are, are $2,000. How long are we going for? I think you could do it. I think you could do it for probably 44000 4400 maybe. Oh, okay. So $600 less than I initially stated. I had to but, think about it. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's not counting if you want to buy souvenirs or extra food or drinks or anything like that. So, five grand. You're looking at at least five grand for a family of four. You know where you can go for five grand? Go a lot of dang places in the world for five grand. No, I'm not that big of a baller, but I think you have to look at, at what kind of base you're... You know, Disney vacation is a luxury. 
we're all very fortunate to be able to go as much as we can. But a Disney vacation is a huge luxury. That's why it's so important, I think, for Disney to create this value. Because they, they certainly charge you for it. But everybody's experience can be different. And I think, I think that's ultimately what causes people to come back, is that every trip can be different. I've talked in the past about going with children versus going with a group of guys. Two completely different trips. I mean, absolutely different trips. Same place. You might stay at the same hotel. You might do pretty much the same things, but, but two very different trips. And, and Disney, all Disney has to do is, is enable this. You know, they set up the framework and people come in and they make it what it is. People attach their own expectations to it. And Disney does this, you know, through the things we've talked about, by providing that customer service, by providing that separation from the outside world, by providing that immersive environment. Those are all really important things. And that's what makes Disney, I think, a, a vacation destination that people keep wanting to go back to. <clears throat> yeah, I couldn't agree more there. I mean, I 100% agree. Is that what not agreeing more means? You 100% agree? I could 100% not disagree with that statement. He's not 99.9% .9 agreeing. He is all in. All the chips are on the table. Agree. Well, guys, let's go around a little round table here uh, on your favorite or maybe what you feel is the most unique Disney touch. I'm going to I'm gonna go Matt to Pete, and then I'll finish it. Oh, I can think back to my mom did it for us, but like when I was my first, second, or third trip, I remember like the phone, like you used to, be able to do wake up calls in Disney. And like the wake up call is whatever character you want it to be, but they say, it's time to get up. And we're looking forward to a fun day today in the parks. And that was so cool for me. But that's going to be something that, well, my wife, you're listening right now, or maybe you're not. I don't know. But um, that's going to do, I'm going to do that for her. I think that'd be really cool. Our first day, that'd make her a little bit more excited. <laughs> than she might have otherwise been for the trip. What about you, Pete? Well, so in keeping with tradition, I've got two. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> well, no, the first is very small. So one of the things that strikes me as really cool about Disney is when you stay at the resorts, your room is cleaned, not by a maid, not by a housekeeper. Who's it cleaned by? It's cleaned by mousekeeping. That's just something that really kind of struck me as fun. But So that's just something small, but... <laughs> I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. That always cracks me up every time I hear I hear housekeeping referred to as mousekeeping. But the cool thing for me, and I think kind of one of the Disney touches that means a lot, is the buttons that you can get from guest services. Any celebration you have, if it's your birthday, if it's your anniversary, if it's your first trip, whatever, go to guest services. They'll give you a button. You wear it around. People comment on it all day. My wife went for her first trip. She wore a My First Trip button. I can't tell you how many people stopped her to talk to her about it. Not just cast members either. You know, just vacationers at Disney World. You actually, it does not have to be your birthday, your anniversary, or first trip. You could just get a pin if you want one and, and fib about all that. I don't encourage that at all. But you could. Sounds like you do. Um, uh, two, uh, two good ones there, Pete. I know we said one, but uh, yeah, two good ones. Um. I'm going to go my favorite Disney touches down Main Street, especially, where they pump the scents uh, that they want you to smell walking through because it all, honestly it encourages you to go in the bakery at times and check out what they're cooking in there. Or it, in Hollywood Studios, they have the candy, the uh, the caramel apple 
location. How can you not get one of those? Goodness. And it and it it pulls. It's a business tactic, right? It pulls you in there, but then it's just eh, another reason you know you're at Disney. And Pete, I'm surprised you didn't pick that as much as you like smells. I do like smells. I do like smells a lot. I thought that Matt was going to go there. I know he always has to get a turkey leg whenever he goes to the Magic Kingdom. And I can and his, he has his that, customary two bites and yeah, it's exactly. The it's like he he likes the idea of having a turkey leg, and it and it does taste good for like two or three bites. But then we either have like a fast pass or he's just sick of it, and he just chunks it in the trash. It's a long-standing tradition, but at the same time, it's always like I buy the turkey leg at the most inopportune time, <laughs> always, and it's because the smells get me. <laughs> I can't say no. They do. You know, is there a standard trash can that it gets thrown away in, like a Space Mountain trash yeah, can? Yeah, it's or is it just kind of the trash can right by uh, either Buzz Lightyear or Space Mountain because he has time <laughs> to get two or three bites in. <laughs> Galactic Gobbler, huh? Or or it's over there in um, Frontierland as I'm making my way to Splash Mountain. <laughs> a galactic gobbler. That's right. Uh, well, so that's all I got to say about that. Uh, Tom, you got a secret for yeah. us this week? Yeah, going to um, do a secret and a trivia question. We've been getting a lot of participation uh, on Twitter and on the email. Uh, so just giving you guys another opportunity to interact with us. Uh, this trivia question stumped. At least I know Pete. I, I, I would assume it, it would stump Matt. Uh, but anyway, we're going to start with the secret first. Uh, Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom is home to one of the most haunted rides in the world, the Haunted Mansion. While waiting in line there, you'll see there are many sights and sounds for park visitors to observe. However, one has become extremely popular. Embedded in the concrete path you're walking on, there's a wedding ring that you may be able to find if you look closely. The ring is believed to belong to the Hanging Bride in the attic of the stretching room. And to add on to that a little bit, when Disney renovated the queue there, they actually took the ring out of the path. And I guess they didn't realize how popular it was because park visitors went nuts about where this ring went. And so Disney has placed another wedding band uh, in the ground for you to observe. So that's the secret of the week. And then the trivia question. The shortest ride in Walt Disney World is one minute and three seconds long. Tweet or email us the name of the ride. Again, the shortest ride in Walt Disney World, one minute, three seconds long. We're going to take this off air because I know the answer. We will, we will see if Matt knows, and I will tweet, an, I will tweet, uh, tweet out that he probably didn't get it right. Either, either he's the world's biggest Disney fanboy or he's the world's fastest Googler. I'm not really sure. At this point, so I before we before we close out here, Matt, I know that you've got a shout out that you want to give. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, so my wife just went on a um, teacher conference in Savannah, Georgia, and she met a friend there, and um, we got a shout out recently on a um, travel planner website. So I want to say thank you to Leah Lockett from Custom Custom Travel Professionals. We really appreciate the shout out, and um, if you ever have a Disney question, let us know. Good stuff, and we do appreciate that. Um, you know, anybody that uh, anybody that likes our podcast, definitely feel free to give us a shout out, and we will do the same for you. So that's all for us this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at Men Do WDW Podcast. 
If you have any suggestions, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. It really helps us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing that you have, your time. We'll see you next week.